Welcome to the Assembly of Yahweh Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you're here. For more information, you can visit hallelujah.org or download the AOI app on Apple or Google Play. It's good to be with you today in this last day, this great day of the Feast of Tabernacles. Hallelujah. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Keith Wilson, and I'm married to my beautiful wife, Amanda Wilson, and we have four children. And it's our uh, pleasure to be a part of the ministry here at the Assembly of Yahweh. And uh, we're just so thankful for that opportunity and thankful for the opportunity to speak to you today and hopefully share a word of encouragement. So if we can, let's um, go before Yahweh in prayer as we begin. Yahweh, thank you for this time you've given to us. Father, help us to honor this time and to explore your word, Father, and to put our hope and our trust in the right things. Father, we're so thankful for your goodness. We're thankful for this opportunity to experience this tabernacles, to dwell with you, Father. And we just pray as, as you speak to us and minister to us, Father, that we'll be open to receive what you have and thankful to receive it. And I just pray that uh, the words I speak today will be your words, Father. We give you thanks in Yeshua's name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, hey, what a uh, wonderful feast it's been. Hallelujah. And if I sound a little tired, it's because I'm not just a little tired, I'm way tired. <laughs> and uh, maybe you can relate to some of that too. So I'll hopefully wrap this up within an hour or so, so that we can get you out of here and eat some delicious food. We've had a tremendous amount of effort that goes into the Feast of Tabernacles. And for those of you who don't know it, um, as Josh mentioned yesterday, or rather the day before, there are, there's just a lot of effort. And we don't want to dismiss that as um, you know something small. It's, it's tremendous. And we want to thank everybody who participated. And I personally just want to, yeah, thank you so much. And I think it's been a great success, and truly, we're honored that you chose to tabernacle with us. You know, as the Assembly of Yahweh, I hope, I think I can speak for everybody saying, uh, we're glad you're here, and we hope that you'll come again and fellowship again. So uh, it's our pleasure to, to be with you and for you to be with us. Uh, you're welcome. I would like to title this message, Good News. How many of you know that the world is full of bad news right now? Boy, it's bad news out there. And uh, Pastor Ferris spoke about that last Sabbath. All sorts of trouble. You turn on the news and there is no good news. It's only bad news. It, it's like that patient who was going in for eye surgery, uh, laser surgery. And after the surgery was over, the surgeon said to him, I've got good news and I've got bad news. And the patient replied, give me the good news first. And the doctor said, well, you're about to get a new dog. <laughs> I'd like to note the first person to laugh was our brother on the front here. That one was just for you, brother. About to get a new dog. Sometimes that's the way it feels right now, doesn't it? I tell you, it's... Uh, I don't know about you, but as Tabernacles concludes, I, I'm looking toward the future, a very 
close and um, future that's coming in November here where this election is a big deal and everybody's thinking about it maybe and, and you're thinking about it and praying about it. And so what I thought would be good is to bring a message hopefully of encouragement to you. And as Pastor Ferris spoke on joy, by the way, it's always the worst <laughs> to go last at the, at the feast because, you know, you might think about a topic ahead of time and then somebody steals it. Well, Ferris stole mine. I was going to speak about joy. So if this is terrible, that's why you can blame it on him. I had to go back to the drawing board. Uh, I'll just t tell you one more here. Um, a man was going to see the doctor and he said, uh, the doctor came in and said, well, sir, unfortunately we've got some good news and I've got some bad news. And he said, give me the good news first doc. And they said, they're going to name a disease after you. <laughs> That's what everybody wants to hear. It's been a while since we've heard good news. Let's go to, uh, Psalm chapter 118. As we dive into the, the material here, I want to bring out three ideas for you from the text of Psalm 118 and verse 15. And what a powerful psalm, by the way, uh, an incredible theme that we have this year, that uh, shouts of joy or the sound of joy, shouting and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. And what I'd like to bring out to you is uh, three things. Where does this idea of joy come from? Borrowing briefly from what Ferris said, expounding on that a little bit. Secondarily, this salvation that's spoken of and what does it mean in the tense of the righteous. So we just want to get in here in verse 14. Yahweh is my strength in my song and he has become my salvation. The sound of joyful shouting and salvation is in the tense of the righteous the right hand of Yahweh does valiantly. The right hand of Yahweh is exalted and the right hand of Yahweh who uh, does valiantly. The sound of joyful shouting and salvation. Why is it that the tents are filled with joy? And Ferris talked about happiness, but I want to ask today, what is it that brings us or provides us with the stability of joy? And I would like to ask you to um, perhaps consider that this joy is based on hope. What is the difference between you and every other person in the world? We all look similar. We all drive similar cars. We all go to similar jobs. We all live in similar houses. What is it that makes you different? When Peter says to be ready to give an answer of anybody who asks, does he ask you to give an answer for why you go to church on Saturday or why you tabernacle, why you don't eat this or that? He asks you to give an answer about the hope that you have. Because the hope is what separates you from the rest of the world. And I assure you that as times get difficult, this hope will be the most important thing in your life and in mine. The idea that we, in fact, are not left alone, but Yahweh is strong to save and that his salvation will come quickly and that he is ready to take us 
into that promised land. And that's what tabernacles is all about. It's about the dwelling with the father. It's about tabernacling with him. And the eight days represents his kingdom reign when Yeshua reigns for a thousand years on earth. And that last day represents eternity when the kingdom of Yahweh is established and we will live with him forever and ever and ever. We oftentimes wonder, what, what are we doing here? What's the point of all this? It, should I, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but why are we here? Why is it that Yahweh asks us to remember? Because it's the reminder that gives us the hope. It's the encouragement we need to keep going, to keep fighting, to keep pushing. Yahweh is my strength and my song. He is our hope. Hallelujah. He has become my salvation. Let's go to Romans chapter 15 and verse 13 briefly. We've got some scriptures to read. We're going to go through them as quickly as possible. What is this hope that you have? In 15 verse 13, now may the Elohim of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Spirit. May the Elohim of hope fill you with all joy. Do you see how hope and joy are tied together? So joy fills the tent and the joy is the hope. It's the knowing. It's the believing. It's the conviction. Hope and joy. In Romans 12, 12, just a couple pages over. Let's go to verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Not lagging behind in diligence. Fervent in spirit. Serving the sovereign. Rejoicing in hope. Persevering in tribulation. Devoted to prayer. Contributing to the needs of the saints and practicing hospitality. Here again, we have rejoicing in hope. The joy, rejoicing. We rejoice in our hope. Hebrews 11, verse 1, gives us the definition of faith. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. I want to talk to you today about hope, joy. That's the first one. And the second one, salvation, security. And thirdly, righteousness and conviction. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. In Romans chapter 8, verse 24, we have a very familiar passage here. For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? I can't hope for a house if I have a house. But I can hope for an eternal house. Amen? But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we wait 
eagerly for it. How many of you are waiting for the son to return? In the same way, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray even as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts and knows the mind of the Spirit and what it is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of Yahweh. We have joy because we have hope. We're happy because we're hopeful. But I want to tell you there is a whole group of people in the world who have no hope at all. They've put their dedication in their life and focused on their job or their career, focused on being famous or popular, focused on getting wealth, focused on trying to control other people. They have no hope at all. There's a reason that young people today are encouraged to live it up, to do whatever you want to do, because this is the only life you get. They have no hope afterward. But we don't live like that because we have Yeshua. Let's go back to the Psalm 118 here. You probably already knew this, but I made a huge discovery today. Pretty excited about it. It says, the sound of joyful shouting and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. Did you know that the word salvation is Yeshua? Sound of joyful shouting and salvation is in the tents. The reason that we are able to press on and to live on and to be strong in our faith is because Yeshua dwells with us, but more specifically dwells in us. You see the entire idea of the tent, and by the way, what a cool tent, right? And we're thankful for the ladies who decorated it. The idea is that Yeshua dwells in our tent. He tabernacles with us. So we have joy because of hope, but we have security because of salvation. We don't have to worry about our future. We're not concerned about what tomorrow brings. I don't worry over the future, for I know what Yahshua said. I know the one who holds the future. Hallelujah. I know who holds the future. The idea of salvation and security is paramount because the believer does not need to doubt who Yahshua is and whether or not he is able. He needs to believe, he or she needs to believe and trust that he is able. In the book of Romans chapter 8, where we just were, it says, we know that all things, that Yahweh causes all things to work together for good to those who love Yahweh and who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined 
to become conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. Yeshua doesn't just offer us salvation for a moment. When we get baptized, we're not just getting baptized for a moment. We're getting baptized for eternity. It's a promise. There is safety in what Yeshua has promised to us. There's no room for fear. We don't live in fear because Yeshua is faithful and his promise is sure. He has justified us and will glorify us. How many of you are headed to glory? Half of you. The rest of you need to pay attention. All right, I'm trying to help you get there. I'm going to glory. Amen. Yeshua is going to come back with a shout of the archangel and the sound of the trumpet. Like lightning flashes from the east to the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. And I tell you this, that's what I'm waiting for. Hallelujah. This election is important, but it's not important. Are you hearing me? It's not important. We have to trust in that salvation. Let's go on. And then the verse 31 here says, what shall we say to these things? If Yahweh is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare even his own son, but delivered him over for all of us. How will he not also give us freely all things? Hallelujah. Yahweh loved you so much that he delivered over his son. Who will bring a charge against the elect? Verse 33. Yahweh is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Yeshua the Messiah. He is the one who died. Yes, rather, who was raised, who was at the right hand of Yahweh, who also intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Messiah? Will tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? Think about it in your own mind. How hard will it get before you give up your faith? Or are you steadfast? Just as it is written, verse 36, for your sake, we are being put to death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor the things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of Yahweh, which is in Yeshua, the Messiah our master. We don't go into November 3rd afraid. Although there's enough to be terrified of. We didn't go into 2020 afraid either, did we? We never know what Yahweh will bring, but we do know what he will ultimately bring. 
and that is his son. In the book of John, speaking of security, in the book of John, chapter 6, as we transition here into the final point, but not yet, Walker. Wait for 1 John 2. I meant to text you. In verse 32 of chapter 6 of John, Yeshua said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of Yahweh is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. And then they said to him, Master, always give us this bread. And Yeshua said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will certainly not cast out. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of my Father, the one who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me, verse 39, that of all that he has given me, I lose nothing, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him will have eternal life, and I myself will raise him on the last day. We don't have to question. Inside this commitment, inside this promise, holds all of our hope and salvation. Because we trust in Yeshua for our salvation, he is faithful to deliver us at the appropriate time. Hallelujah. Some of us will pass before the dark days come. Somebody say hallelujah to that. You didn't think your death sounded so good. Some of us will not. Some of us will endure even until the end. But regardless of which category you find yourself in, Yahshua is able to resurrect your body to glory. Hallelujah. To glory. And there we will tabernacle with him. Hallelujah. Let's go to uh, the final point here, and that is the Bible says that shouts of joy and salvation are heard in the tents of the righteous. Shouts of joy aren't heard in the tents of the wicked. Come on, somebody. Shouts of joy aren't filled in the house of the sinner. Shouts of joy and salvation reside in the tent of the righteous. How do we become right with Yahweh? How does Yahweh bring rightness or righteousness into our lives? Hallelujah. Is it not by the blood of Yahshua? Our covering? The fact that when Yahweh looks at us, he doesn't see us, but in fact, he sees Yeshua. But I want to tell you something. That's not the end of the story. That's not the end of the story. We don't just believe and wait. 
Because if you look in the, the book of John there, where we just were in <clears throat> verse 30, uh, 28, John 6, 28, Yeshua is sharing this message with the people. And he says in verse 27, do not work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life. Do not work for the food which perishes, but work for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him the Father Yahweh has set his seal. Verse 28, they replied, you see, when Yeshua convicts you, there is a response. We don't just hear and believe. No, there's a response. Look at what he says. Look at what the crowd says. They said, what shall we do so that Yahweh, so that we may work the works of Yahweh? It's human nature to want to respond. What shall we do so that we may work the works of Yahweh? And Yeshua answered and said to them, this is the work of Yahweh that you believe in him whom he has sent. What does it mean to believe? How are we to align our conviction and belief? What is it that Yahweh expects from us? In the book of Acts chapter 2, you don't bother turning there, but after Peter delivered his heart-piercing message and the people were filled with conviction, they said to him, what shall we do? How can I respond to your love? How can I respond to your mercy, to your grace? What can I do to give you thanks? How am I to react to your unfailing love? When I was faithless, he remained faithful. When I was a liar, he was truthful. When I was in sin, he sent his son to die for me. I want to respond to that love. I'm filled with conviction. I see him. I behold him. I believe in him. I trust in him. What shall I do? How can I give back to the one who has so freely given? How can I repay? How can I honor? In Ephesians chapter 2, we have the entire good news message wrapped up in just a few short verses. In Ephesians chapter 2, well, let's just read from verse 1. You were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of air, according to the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, too, we all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But Yahweh, being rich in mercy because of his great love which, with, with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in our transgression, he made us alive together with Messiah. You were dead, and now you're alive. Yeshua came to bring dead people to life. 
for by grace you have been saved. And he has raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Messiah Yeshua. Talk about security. So that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Yeshua Messiah. For by grace you've been saved through faith. And that is not of yourselves. It is the gift of Yahweh. We don't deserve it. We didn't do anything to get it. He gave it. Did you know that this faith is the only faith where the kingdom or the promised future is free? Every other religion on earth, you work for it. But here, Yahweh gives it to us for free. Not as a result of works, verse 9, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Messiah Yahshua for good works, which Yahweh prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. So many people are confused about this idea. Why is it? that we want to respond and do something. How do I do the works of Yahweh? But what the, the Apostle Paul said is, he has already established the work for you. And how did he establish it? Was it not in his holy Torah that we should walk in them? I tell you. Verse 11, therefore remember that formerly, yesterday, you, the Gentiles, in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, which is performed by the flesh of human hands, or by human hands, remember that you were at that time separated from Messiah, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers of the covenants and the promises having what? No hope. We weren't Israel and we had no hope, but in his grace and in his mercy and in his compassion for us, Yahweh opened the floodgates to all who are able to believe in Yeshua. But now in Messiah Yeshua, you, for, uh, you who were formerly far off have been brought near by the blood of Messiah. We do not honor Yahweh by living in sin. We don't bring glory to Yahweh's name by walking after the lust of the flesh, do we? You see, the shouts of joy aren't filled in the houses of the sinner. They're filled in the house of the righteous. There is a response. In James chapter 2, we've heard it a million times. Someone may well ask you, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works and I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe that Yahweh is one, you do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac his son on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works and that as a result of those works, faith was perfected. 
And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed Yahweh, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Remember what the crowd asked, How do we work the works of, of the Father? And Yeshua said, The work of the Father is to believe. Now we have Abraham here who also believed in Yahweh and also performed the work. Does that make sense? The believing is first. The working is a reaction. It's compulsion. You're compelled to do it. Hallelujah. You see that faith was working with his works. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed Yahweh, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of Yahweh. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. Hallelujah. So why? Why tabernacle? In 1 John chapter 2, What's the point of it all? We could have just as easily stayed home, watched our television, soaked up the selection and all the garbage that comes with it. Why? Why tabernacle? Why any of it? In the book of 1 John chapter 2, it says this, by this we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. To the one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments, he is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps the word, his word, in him the love of Yahweh is truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him and the one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the manner the same manner as he walked. Yahweh has prepared good works so that we would walk in them. You see, the life of the believer is not just about believing Yahshua, it's about following him. And what we have to recognize is that when we follow the footsteps of Yeshua, we do the things he did. We say the things he said. We believe the things he believed. We honor the things he honored. We, we hate the things that he hated. That's what following means. You're not here to follow anybody behind this pulpit. You're not here to follow any uh, theologian or philosopher. Hallelujah. You're following Yeshua and him only. And if you don't know what he was all about, you should read. And he was in the synagogue on the Sabbath, as was his custom. It's not a coincidence, friends, that major prophetic occurrences always occur around his sanctified and holy festivals. It's not a coincidence that Passover and the blood of Egypt happened all those thousands of years ago, and yet Yeshua dies as our Passover lamb on Passover day. Oh, it's not an accident that the Holy Spirit, which was promised by Yeshua, was delivered some 50 days later on the day of Pentecost. 
Yahweh has worked out his salvation perfectly in these festival times. And yet we oftentimes forget. But Yahweh says, remember, remember, remember. Why do we tabernacle? We, were ta we tabernacle to remember. I tell you, we are not doing things so that Yahweh will like us more. You're not keeping commandments, honoring his holy days so that he'll love you more. The love of Yahweh is perfected in the blood of his son and only that. Without Yeshua, there is no love. Without Yeshua, there's no covering. We do it because we love. Our response to the love is to love. That's right. How can I respond to your goodness? How can I respond to your mercy, to your grace, to your faithfulness, to your love? I can love you and I love you in obedience. That's what Yeshua did. He said, these words that I'm saying, they're not even mine. They're the Father's. Every single thing I do is in humility and obedience to the will of the Father. We are responding in obedience and sometimes our hearts don't like to be obedient. We're not doing this so we can be saved. We're doing it because we are saved. Hallelujah. The Feast of Tabernacles is about the salvation. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. In Revelation, I want to close with this idea. I was talking to uh, a brother just yesterday and it was mentioned. Revelation chapter 3. message to Laodicea. Yeshua says in verse 19, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. The idea of a feast is about the table, dwelling in the presence of Yahshua and Almighty Yahweh. He wants to eat with you. He wants to tabernacle with you. Every single time a patriarch encountered an angel of Yahweh, they bowed low in humility and then they ate together. I will come in and dine with him and he with me. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the assemblies. Friends, as we think about the theme today, which was for this feast, which was such a blessing, shouts of joy. Why do we have the joy? We have it because we have hope. Salvation. We have Yeshua living in us. And finally, 
they are seen in the tents of the righteous. There is a response on the people of Yahweh to say, you know what, Father, thank you. I love you. I appreciate what you've done for me. How can I honor you in my life? And hath Yahweh not said. All of these things you shall do. Let's pray. Yahweh, as we come into your presence and we're so thankful for your goodness. Father, we're thankful for the tabernacle. We're thankful for the idea that you don't want to stay in heaven, but you want to dwell among your people. That the coming kingdom is about you dwelling with your people. We want to dwell with you as well. Help us to clean our hearts, to focus our minds, and to do, Father, in obedience and love the things that you've asked, to follow your Son, to be filled with hope and encouragement, to know that others aren't and that we should share with them our hope, to live knowing of a salvation that's been promised and secured through your Son. May you receive all the praise, honor, and glory, Father. We're so thankful that you provided this time, this festival time. Help us to honor you in it, to give you all the glory in Yeshua's name. Amen. Thank you so much for your time.